Hello, welcome to another episode of the Roseland Podcast. I'm Chloe, your host, and in today's episode, I'm chatting with Gary Ringrose about walking around the Roseland and far beyond as well. If this is the first episode you're listening to, you can find and listen to the podcast, all our episodes, over 20 of them now, at rosenpodcast.com. Uh, you can also hear us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, on Spotify and on all the other podcast apps. Just when you're there, search for Roseland Podcast. At rosenpodcast.com, you'll also find links to any of the resources we mentioned. Right, let's uh, let's get stuck into walking with Gary. Hi, Gary. Hi, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. And now a lot of people during lockdown have started, uh, well, lockdown, which isn't currently happening, or maybe happening, who knows, by the time this podcast goes out. But a lot of people have got, got into walking this year. And you're you're a little bit famous for your walking escapades. Um, so how, how did you end up um, kind of, getting into walking in such a big way um well it started probably from the younger from a young age i've always done walking because i spent most of my summers with my grandparents down in port scatho and my nan was a big walker and um you know i guess it's quite an easy way to keep children and grandchildren entertained <laughs> is, to, is to go out and actually you know walk because it doesn't really cost anything and uh, and you, you tie really them out quite nicely equipment. as well <laughs> absolutely so it sort of started from there um and then as a teenager, I got into bird watching in quite a big way. And I used to spend a lot of time sort of down the ruined Lannyhorn area in Trelong, um, when there was a bird hide down there, which unfortunately is not there anymore. Um, and I used to walk from Tregony down to there because obviously I was at an age I, at the time I couldn't drive. Um, occasionally I would cycle, but more times than not, I would walk because I enjoyed the exercise. And you also saw more birds mm. on the walk down there and things like that. And then... Uh, from there it just really grew that it was a good way of using sort of my my spare time and uh i always like to know what's over the next hill and what's around the corner and you know what's over there type of thing and so locally i used to just wander and 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 find different places uh and then when i you know passed my car test and and could uh, go further afield then it, you know, it took my interest into other environments. So you could go to, uh, you know, to the moors, Dartmoor, Bodmin Moor, um, you know, look at things like Brown Willie and things like that. Um, and uh, and then from there, um, it sort of has gone into some charity work and 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 things like that. But it's, it's also been a when I got to sort of a teenager. I've got a big fascination with maps and Ordnance Survey um, maps, especially the, the Orange Explorer series because they show all the little mm -hmm. details and they'll show things like mine addicts and um, old quarries and various bits and pieces. And you just you just kind of think, oh, well, I wonder what that's all about. Like, you know, I wonder what's over there. And, you know, it just prompts you to go off and have little mini explorations and things. Yeah, maps are, are fascinating, aren't they? You could, I can literally spend a lot of time looking at a map, but I, but I personally rarely get round to actually going to see the things I can see on the map. So, so for someone like me who's not gone out that much doing walking, what is there a particular walk on the Roseland that you'd recommend anyone to do as a as their starter? I suppose, um, or a favourite. Uh, one, there's a couple that I quite enjoy um, locally. Uh, well, I'll give you, I'll give you three there, three, okay. three little ones if you cool. like. Um, there's a there's a nice easy one from Tregony at the bottom of Tregony where the bridge is. There's a little 
what we call there the sand park, very small car park, but you, there's usually space to get a car in there. Or, you know, there's space to park the car there. Um, and then opposite the sand park, it's signposted as a public footpath, and that goes up the Fowl Valley following the river and goes up to a place called Golden Mill. Um, it's about two miles, I think, from, from you know, one way, if you like. Uh, you can carry on and do a loop and go up to Creed and come back via the road at the top of Dragony, or you can just retrace your steps. But it's nice because it goes, it's 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 level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's if you've not been doing a lot of walking, it's a good one to start with. Uh, lots of wildlife. There's kingfishers on the river, uh, dippers. I have seen otter there, although not for uh, a, a few years. I'm sure they're still there, but I've just not not been there at that sort of time. Um, lots of birds of prey. You go through farmland, you go through woodland. Um, so, yeah, the scenery is pretty nice um, and a mixture of uh, sort of bird-type trees and deciduous trees. Okay. So that one's a good starter because it's nice and level, plenty to see. Um, the last time I did it, I actually saw some guy walk, actually walking up the river in waders fly fishing, which was <laughs> new. That was new to me, and uh, I had a chat with him, and he was pretty cool. Um a medium one, then, I would say a good one is from Port Scatho. If you park in one of the public car parks at Port Scatho or on the street, if you can find somewhere with no double yellows. And um, I, what, that is one of my favourite walks, is walking from Port Scatho, either down the coast path to St Anthony's Head, mm-hmm. keep on following the path around to Place Manor, uh, then around to Throw Creek. Uh, and then when you get to Throw Creek, you can go through some farmland called Rostigue, um, which eventually brings you back up to the standard pub at Gerrans along yep. Trelone past the campsite, and then you can drop down the hill again back to Port Scatho. Um, that's about 10 miles as a circular walk thereabouts. Um, again, lots of different scenery with farmland, coastland. There's seals there at, uh, quite a lot of the times of the year. Lots of bird life, peregrine falcons down at Lands, um, Snantley Head. You've got the lighthouse, obviously, at Fraggle Rock. Um, yeah, Place Manor is a beautiful building. There's lots to see and do there. Um, and it's there are a few hills on the coast path section of it, um, but there's you know there's only a couple of them if mm. you like. So it's, it's it's not yeah. It's relatively you get, flat get, for coast paths, yeah, isn't it? That bit. Yeah, yeah. And if if you're getting into walking and you want to you know just push it a little bit, there are a couple of hills there. Um, the other one, which is shorter than that. Um, is to park at Nair Head at the car park there. And, there's again, there's a circular walk that goes out to the headland one way, and you can either come round to Carn Beach and loop back around, or um, there's a, a, a valley halfway along between Carn and Nair Head um, at Parade Cove, and you can go up through the valley there. Um, but, again, there's the, the bit going down and out of the valley is, is quite steep, so, you know, that is, you know, could be challenging to some possibly but uh yeah yeah they're definitely um plenty to see and uh and the, the sea's always got different moods and things to have a look at and there's always something going on there that's three great ones to do i mean are there yeah. uh, you mentioned about having done done some of the walking for charity any particularly interesting hikes you've been on um yeah i UK and and abroad really. Um, the UK one, uh, a friend of mine from school, uh, Jeff, who I grew up with in Tregony, now lives in uh, near Dartford in Kent. Uh, unfortunately, they lost a child in childbirth, 
and he contacted me having seen some of the other walks and different things that I've had a go at um, and wanted to do something in memory of his son. Uh, initially decided he wanted to walk the southwest coast path, the Cornish bit of it, not not from Minehead to Paul, but just from, I say just, but from sort <laughs> yeah. of uh, more Winstow more around to Saltash. It's quite an undertaking, um, that, though, isn't it? Yeah, we told me he had a fortnight off work, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I laughed at that and said, there's no way you're doing that in a fortnight. Um, And then I was on a training course with work up in Swindon, and the first thing I do when I'm in a new area is get a map. Um, I mean, I have got all the sort of explorer maps, if you like, for the UK on my phone, as you can do nowadays, Um, but I tend to try and get a paper copy as well. And again, as I say, look at what's around the area. Um, I then discovered that the source of the River Thames wasn't too far away. Um, so I went and found it. It had a finger post sign saying Thames Barrier, 184 miles. Um, I worked that out that it was averaging 26 miles a day for nine days, so a marathon a day for nine days. Um, I thought, that's doable. I was happy with that. And I knew it would be a massive challenge for Jeff because he it would be his first sort of proper challenge, if you like. And... Um, yeah, we set off and, 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 and brilliant. We met some fantastic people along the way. I love following the river because it goes from such a small bubbling spring, obviously, to the to the Thames. It's great seeing the scenery build up from rural countryside south of Sirencester. Yeah, and gradually build up. It builds up, you get, you know, Oxford. And then when you come out the other side of Oxford, it goes a bit more rural again. And then you start coming into things like Reading and then you know, starts building into London proper. So you, you you see it build up and build up and build up to obviously the, the capital, which um, which I, I like the capital as well, to be fair. I'd never lived there, but I love going and seeing, you know, music there and, and the buzz that's going on. And when you go out past um, the Thames Barrier, out the other side, is it, London's a bit like a hill as such in development in that as you're coming into it, it builds up and builds up. And then once you get past the Thames Barrier, it starts tailing off again, and then when you know when you start heading out towards you know the Dartford end again, it 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 it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a bit of a wasteland out that that sort of area. It's 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 full of um, sort of sewage treatment works and recycling plants and things like that, and lots of mud. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it was tough for Jeff, and I I was chuffed to bits that he that he accomplished it because you know there was a couple of times he definitely was going to quit because. I've, to be fair, I've never seen feet like it with blisters and mm. and things like that. He he was in, you know, he'd done a lot of training for it, and he did he put in a lot of training, which was great. But um, yeah, yeah bless him to to carry on walking with the feet that he had at, at times. I, I you know even I was thinking, oh my god, that must be agony. Because um, it's it's one thing to walk that distance, even when it's flat, when you're following a river, and yeah. to, to feel the muscle aches and all the rest of it. But but blisters are just yeah, they're just the worst, aren't they? They're, yeah, um, and everyone's got their own methods of, you know, either preventing them or um, or treating them. Me personally, I tend to pop them, um, and then, you know, you can put like things like concrete plasters on them and things like that. I tend to use for me. I don't know. I, I tend to use insulation tape, and that works for me. And I'm happy doing that. You know, I know people will be worried about infection and. You know, sterilizing the needle first and things like that. And others say, don't burst them. Let your body naturally reabsorb the water, which is great if you're walking one day and then you can yeah. rest. 
but if you're doing it day in day out that you're just not going to reabsorb that um and they'll 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 they will burst on there eventually anyway um the best a quick tip that I can give, and I don't know if on this, if you are allowed to mention brands oh, and yes, stuff fine. like that. Mention, mention away. As long as you don't swear, um, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there is uh, one tip that I got given, and again, I swear by it. Some people might try it, and it might not work for them. Um, I've recommended it to a few people, and it seems to work for them. There's a type of salt. Um, I'm not sure it's the correct pronunciation, but it's called like injinji which is I-N-J-I-N-J-I. And you can Google them, see them online or whatever. They're not extortionate, but they're not, you know, they're a bit more expensive than normal socks. Probably a similar price to a normal walking sock, in fairness. Mm -hmm. And um, they've got individual toe pockets, so they're like gloves, if you like, but for your feet. And they do different thicknesses, you know, whether you're lightweight, uh, medium weight, heavyweight, whatever. and because they've got individual toe pockets, you don't get skin-on-skin contact between your toes and things. And therefore, you know, because generally, if you're in a normal sock, your feet on long walks swell, get mm. hot, get sweaty. And the dampness, when they start rubbing, that's what causes the blisters. Um, and because you don't get that skin-on-skin contact, um, I touch wood, I, you know, I've found them absolutely fantastic. And I haven't, you know, got blisters with them. But uh, so they're well worth looking into, and, and if you're in, you know, into your walking and stuff, you know, it might be worth having a look at. They do, they do like a trainer length one, which obviously I use with trainers, and they also do, you know, like a calf length one that if you've got hiking boots or taller boots, you can, you can use those. So I've used, I've used both. Do you use any specialist footwear when you're doing? You know, do you? Is it the? Yeah. Is it just a See, pair of is, trainers, or is it a full on? This, this is a. Is is you've got to look at the different situations um and it's horses horses of course everyone's different everyone's got different feet shape and what have you there was you know i, I was lucky enough to climb a mountain mount taranaki in new zealand which is about nine thousand foot um and that you did have to have the proper you know mountaineering boots and crampons and things mm. you know you're not gonna do that in a pair of trainers um there's always been because when we did the Thames as well, we carried everything with us, so you got quite a heavy backpack. We, you know, we camped, wild camped all the way. Um, there's always been a theory with um, with people that when you're doing big hikes and things, you need to wear hiking boots and have the ankle support and things like that. Um, and in particular as well, if you're carrying heavy backpacks, apparently they they give you more support mm-hmm. and things, which I'm sure they do. Um, but there is a, a growing theory now um, that if you're happy wearing that and you're comfortable wearing that, fine, no problem. But a lot more people, me included, um, for what, what you would call three-season walks, obviously um, spring, summer, autumn, uh, more and more people are wearing sort of trainers, stroke trail running trainers, um, so they've got a good that, bit of grip, but they're not yeah, that you've got, restrictive. You've got, you've got a good bit of grip. They're very comfortable. They take a lot less to break in than than a pair of um, proper walking boots. Because um, the other thing that was always something was that a lot of people went for waterproof boots and things like that, which, again, if you're in sub-zero temperatures and snow and ice, definitely go for something that's as waterproof as possible. Mm. 
Um, nothing's 100% waterproof. Eventually, it will penetrate it. Um, but definitely in that kind of environment. But for people that tend to do long-distance trails or the national trails and things like that now, and, and like myself, even if I'm following some of the local rivers and things, um, I wear trainers, and occasionally I'll wear something called seal skin socks, which are, again, that's another brand. Um, the forces used them originally, um, and they've got they've got some sort of barrier in in with the weave of it, and they're they're like a waterproof sock. Um, so they 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 they're quite good. Um, but likewise, because they're waterproof and they've got that barrier in them, the same with waterproof trainers and things, is although it stops water getting in, obviously when your feet get hot and sweaty, yeah. your sweat can't get out. So you generally end up with, with damp or wet feet anyway. Um, and the, the theory with some of the decent trail running shoes and trainers is it's probably better the fact that even though they might not be waterproof, they're quick drying. The materials yeah. that they're made of are very quick drying. So you generally find that, yeah, you might walk in them. They might stay waterproof. If you're walking, obviously, in damp conditions, if you're in dry conditions, they're dry all day. If you're in damp conditions, they might stay dry for for half a day or the first part of your walk, then get wet. But by the time you use them again in the morning, they've dried out again. Um, and I use a fresh pair of socks each day. Um, so you can take two pairs on a long walk, for example, wear one. And then the next day, your pair that you had on the night or the day before, you can you know put on your backpack and now air dry, ready for the, the you know just rotate them. Because that's the critical thing, isn't it? Fresh, fresh, as in dry socks at the beginning of every day. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely, it makes a massive difference. Absolutely. Um, and even if you know if you're doing big, big walks, like I, I did one where I did a lap of the Isle of Wight. It was an organised walk. Uh, started nine o'clock one morning. It was a 69-mile walk, and I finished it at, I think it was 11 o'clock the following morning. Wow. So it was uh, 26 hours, but it was actually 22 hours walking because you rested and, and there was feed stations along the way and everything. Um, and people run it, you know. There's hmm. um, a local chap in St. Mulsey ran it, and he did very well. I think he came something like fourth or fifth out of all wow. the people. Um, it's, you know, he's a, he's a great athlete, and, you know, some of the stuff he does is fantastic. Um, but I guess on a walk um, like that, you would change your socks part way round. Exactly to part way round, and you know, I probably, I think I changed mine twice. To be fair, I think I on, on that I I said that like every twenty miles I would change them, and even just changing your socks was brilliant, it, absolutely brilliant. Keep, and keeps I think your when feet you, healthy and gives you a new lease of life. It does, it does. It, yeah, it, it feel you know it does feel like you've had a, a bath or a shower, even though obviously <laughs> you haven't. Um, and also, yeah, it 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 it. it, it, it yeah, psychologically it's good as well um yeah and it yeah it, 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 it is a good thing a good definitely a good thing to do thanks well gary thank you so much for so many tips both on socks blisters shoes unsurprisingly <laughs> given we're talking about walking but also three marvelous sounding walks to check out um i know i've done done bits of the san anthony one but i haven't tried the other two so maybe yeah. I'll, I'll finally go and actually do some walking so thanks for yeah, yeah. thank you very much for joining us if anyone's got any questions for you or anything um is it okay if they drop you an email or something yeah absolutely yeah um you can follow me on well i'm, I'm on facebook so it's just gary with one r ring rose um and you'll find me there pretty easy pretty easy um and uh, my email is uh gr74 tam tango alpha mike or 
trick any action man as lots of people nickname <laughs> me for some reason uh, at gmail.com um and if you fancy having a go at something and want a bit of advice and don't know how to sort of maybe organize it or go about it if i can help in any way i will because as i say i've done walking um yeah like john i cycled john groats to land's end uh in 26 17 or 16 or 17 um i didn't have a bike i hadn't ridden a bike since i was at school in you know 17 18 so that's a good 20 odd years uh a mate of mine said to me do you fancy doing it i said yeah i didn't have a bike uh i bought a bike in january and did the ride in the june of that year so six months of of training you know i put the training in um, but six months of training and you know you can achieve it you know it's 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 doable yeah i know people some people do it and they don't train at all because they just train on the actual ride itself because you do get stronger obviously doing that kind of mileage as you're doing it so yeah but if, if anyone fancies having a go at anything or whatever and just wants some tips or either on equipment um or how to go about it and breaking down your days into mileages or whatever then feel free brilliant thanks gary it's been a, been a pleasure talking to you and we'll make sure we add links to all that in the show notes so uh, thank you no problem well thanks very much chloe it's been really good having a chat and uh, if i can help anyone then i will So we've added um, the link to Gary's Facebook page and uh, his email address to the show notes. So you can find all that at rosenpodcast.com. Just click on the show notes link to the episode with Gary and you'll find all the details. And if you'd like to come on to tell us about some walks, if you've got another idea for us, um, then just drop us an email to rosenpodcast at gmail.com with your ideas and any questions you've got. If you want to make sure you hear the rest of the shows, then bookmark rosenpodcast.com and look for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your usual podcast app and subscribe. Be kind and stay safe.